0: Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung.
1: And I'm Fanny Darling.
0: As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we always try and do our best to let you know that they're coming. This episode, we're catching up on some new TV and movies we watched, including a few worthy candidates for Spooky Season. Spooky Season. <laughs> All right, as always, a plea to rate and review us wherever you can do such things. Um, we're going to just assume that you're smart and can figure out where to do that. Um, I am very sad I learned recently that the Google Podcast app is going away soon, so um, that will not be an option. I don't think you could rate and review through there anyway, so fie on them. Fie, I say.
1: And stay um, away from Stitcher, too. <laughs> is Stitcher <laughs> bad, too? It's gone. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Where do you listen to podcasts? The Apple Podcast Apple app? or
1: Spotify. Okay.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm. Spotify is just forcing me into just making that like yeah. my podcast app. So I'm just gonna do that. I, guess. I use
1: it because at my desk I can easily get to it, and it interacts with everything. And then on my phone, it's pretty seamless. If I get in the car, then so
0: does it do a good job of like? Can you just go straight to your podcasts? You and, can. Okay,
1: except that my Patreon podcasts, they are only just now starting to be able to import the feeds for I them. I've heard about that. It's a, yeah. It's a super, so that's the only reason I still have okay. Apple podcasts is because it's just easier to listen to my Patreon podcasts that way. There's only two of them, but yeah. <laughs> that's where I listen to those.
0: I have to say, I liked being able to just like, be like that app is for podcasts and all right. my podcasts were there. And I feel like Spotify, it's a little more like, you can
1: just go to podcasts. Okay. And, yeah, I guess better a... with
0: that. And hopefully I can still talk to my, you know car thing that way and we'll yep. do it but anyways um that was a lot welcome to podcast talk <laughs> on the next podcast welcome
1: to inside baseball <laughs>
0: exactly um but you listen to podcasts you're probably thinking about these things too um, this week we are talking about a few things uh, We're going to start with some a few things we both did And then we're going to talk about some of our favorite Kind of separate things we've been doing uh, We know we're a little uh, late on the new episodes here So some of this stuff is a little on the old side Like our first thing
1: I will say yes. that it just started on vi- video on demand A couple weeks back So Perfect. we're bringing it to you people that still that aren't going to theaters Or like your couch better than a theater
0: And fresh in time for spooky season It's a uh, Talk to me, this is the sort of cult horror hit of the year. Uh, it is directed by the Philippo brothers. I, yeah, I hope I Bless said you. that right. Um, they are YouTube kind of people that I guess made their name doing these sort of very uh whatever, scrappy, independent YouTube horror things, which I haven't watched any of, and I I heard they're great at some point. Yeah. And the premise of this thing is a bunch of Australian teens start throwing parties where people grasp a haunted, dismembered hand, uh, and then they can start interacting with the dead. Um, it brings up trauma for our main character, who is played by the excellent Sophie Wilde, an actor that I certainly did not know before this. Um, she's lost her mother recently and is eager to reconnect with the spirit uh suffice to say shit goes wrong yeah um what'd you think of talk to
1: me i don't know that i ever want to see it again but i thought it was a great movie non-spoiler that's yeah i thought it it (laughs) talked to some very interesting uh themes and allegories and i thought the cast was great um but it was also incredibly dark and unrelenting and uh, stuck with me for a long time what do you think
0: yeah non spoilers it is such a it's such a mix of like a, like i watched the trailer for this and thought oh what a goofy silly teen movie this will be it seems yep. like people filming on social media grasping a dismembered hand and you sort of think you know what you're getting into this is going to just be like a silly you know, qu- like quasi PG-13, whatever horror movie. And it is decidedly not. No, it is... you
1: don't know what you're getting into. Trust yeah, me. <laughs> it's
0: very dark. And while it's kind of fun in its own way, it quickly becomes sort of unfun and grim, Um but never, I think, ever losing its sort of sense of style and also nope. its grasp on its characters, which I think... So many teen movies don't, you know, they're right. very phoned in stereotypes. And this movie does not feel like that. Not at all. The characters um, are
1: very, they're, they're each individual, they're very themselves. And they are that way all through the film. It is incredibly well written character wise. Yeah. And absolutely it m- makes
0: it really hard in a way because you kind of care about these characters. Care about everybody. More than you do in your average whatever, like, yeah. you know, talk to the dead yeah, silly horror movie um and and there is some trauma kind of stuff that um it delves into I, i'm not sure if like if it weren't so well made i don't think the story would have been kind of that original Agreed. or interesting but it's so well made and so um kind of funny in a dark way that right. I feel like I I would recommend it to anybody who loves horror. <laughs> like,
1: right, storyline, I think the allegories of peer pressure and drug abuse and and that that part of teenagerness that can really, teenagerness, that's a word, um, <laughs> that can really be oppressive and can change who you are and what you're seeing is much more interesting than the actual spookiness spooky story you know that which is fine with me for a movie because it's like yeah sir the the that that is just the framing by which we're trying to tell this more important ask the more important questions but if you're going in for the spooky story it's not going to be what you're if you're not going to be satisfied. I don't think, I mean, you might be with the movie, but you're, but if all you Mm -hmm. want is some silly, spooky movie, uh, go watch killer instinct. Don't watch this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's not a fun, like throw popcorn at the screen. Right. Like I, it was a little hard to just shake it off and go to sleep. Yep. Um, but you know, props to doing that. I think that's hard. I think that's hard in a way where it's like, it's hard to do that now without being like, well, that was just repulsive, like gross out, Horribly upsetting filmmaking. This is sort of a more like it's not restrained, but it's sort of it's so much about the characters and right. just yeah, it's just it's it's effective. I think it's the word, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't even think we need to go into spoilers necessarily. It's just no,
1: uh, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I think it's because it's coming out right now. If you're into horror movies, check it out, I uh, watch it for Halloween, but just be prepared. Also, I will say the violence. Is Of course, you know, me being the human spoiler, I uh, (laughs) checked all of the IMDb stuff and kind of knew what I was getting into. Um, So I I knew when to look away. But from what I can tell and what I've seen, it's the violence is not like incredibly insanely gory, but it just hits in a very like physical way. And especially because you care about these characters. So just be prepared for this is not your like PG-13 level of kind of. Horror? I mean, I don't know, you saw the stuff, I didn't. So was No, a, yeah, no. Yeah. You're
1: absolutely right. It's Yeah. Not.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's uh it hits hard, but it's not, you know, it doesn't relish in it, I would right. say in a way, which is what I liked about it. Absolutely. Um and also, man, Sophie Wilde great great. whoever she is i want to see more of her um props for this movie for just casually casting a you know a trans actor playing a kind of trans character and letting them just be an asshole
1: right which is sort of refreshing (laughs) in this world
0: um yeah and also a really good kind of younger kid performance who um you know that's that kind of like taking care of the younger like bratty kid and um it handles all that really well it really does yeah talk to me check it out horror heads yeah everybody do it. else stay the hell away
1: <laughs> no, i don't know so much about that right, okay. right. i would recommend it too yeah yeah okay
0: cool um you know, on a much lighter i don't know not not necessarily lighter but sweeter n- note uh we saw willie carlisle uh an artist that i talked about on this podcast a gazillion years ago it feels like probably just a year or two ago um but yeah i uh this country queer artist um very sort of like in the vein of Woody Guthrie or Arlo Guthrie, but both the Guthrie's, all the Guthrie's um, just really great at doing this sort of talking blues kind of, uh, you know, yep. bluegrassy, folky, you know, man with a guitar, but singing about, you know, life in a life in living in a van and how it's not all it's cracked up to be. And it's instead of just being a dumb sort of country complaint, turns into a critique of capitalism. Yep. Uh, writes about being bisexual in a song called Life on the Fence, which is one of my favorite songs. Um, just really like digging into what that would feel like if you were bisexual and not open about it. And right. um just nonstop just every song is just packed with like writerly lovely details um yeah and anyways in that time uh do you want to talk about a little bit i mean
1: yeah it was a great show it was my my son is also a big fan and it was his 21st birthday so it was literally he hadn't been 21 for even 24 hours and so that was really great
0: we went to the Ivy Room in Albany, which, which shout, out great. shout out to this spot, shout out to the excellent bartender who treated us right. Yes. Um, <laughs> such a fun venue. Our Shout out to our friend Marisa who came and uh, just had a really good time. And it was just really, I loved just being in that small space and seeing just a master and there performer 50
1: people in there. I don't think. And I, that's going to be something I'll remember forever. And it was just, it was lovely, yeah. lovely, beautiful night.
0: It was so fun. And, um, he's fantastic. And I feel like he deserves more attention and he has a new album coming out. Uh, that is, I believe, called Critter Land. Critter Land! Critterland. Critterland! I put an exclamation mark because it cracks me up. And it has go look at it now if you're intrigued. It's got the funniest, ugliest cover I've ever seen for
1: it's <laughs> it's the best. Um
0: and it's good and it's very different. It's kind of not what I expected from him kind of song-wise. It's a little bit of a like it it almost has a little more professionally produced, but the lyrics are less kind of like like the gimmick of Willie Carlisle. I mean, that's not a thing, but I could imagine the industry trying to sort of push that on him. And it's sort of like, Nope, I'm just a songwriter. And this what is Critterland. Yep. Like, yep. um, just a really, uh, his voice. Also, he's just got a really interesting, sexy, like, Yeah, he's got a great voice. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I love it. Yep. Um, Check him out. And it's spelled just for anybody who's wondering. It's Willie W I L L I. Carlisle. Yep. No, no E on the end of that. I'm sure you'd find them otherwise with Critterland. But um. <laughs> all right. So what else do we got here? What have you been checking out?
1: Remember like last year when I watched Shining Veil and I said it was terrible? Completely changed my mind. Uh, Stars continues to give me exactly what I want. Um, and so I thought, well, I have nothing to watch. I'm going to watch the first two episodes of Shining Veil. Yeah, this show's actually, I think, might be brilliant. Um, the The horror comedy of it is kind of, it's like, it's it's a little, feels like expected. But going back, I went back and I watched the entire first season again after I watched the first two episodes of the second season. And what it is saying is actually a lot more interesting and a lot more feminist and has some really interesting things to say. And I think the second season is going way more into what we expect women to do and to provide and how to look while they're doing it. Um, Judith Ivy, Judith, Judith, Light. Oh my God. Judith Light plays uh, Courtney Cox's mother and she is great. The, the girl who plays the daughter is fantastic. I, I have been, you get, Sorvino, Mira Sorvino, even Greg Kinnear, I don't hate, which is saying something. Uh, I actually think he's really good in this. Um, I have completely changed my mind. Uh, one example of the type of line, uh, the daughter is complaining that the the end of the first season, I'm going to go into a little bit of spoilers. If you hadn't caught up, sorry. Um, you can tune out for like 20 seconds. Uh, she went into a mental institution for reasons. When she comes back out, the daughter has dropped out of high school and is taking care of the family. That's where we open. And uh she's complaining to her mom about, well, now I do everything and you gave me, you know, and you've probably given me this this disease cuz you got it from your mom and courtney cox says well i also gave you my thigh gap so you're welcome
0: <laughs> what what is thigh gap
1: that means that, that you're is. really thin
0: oh okay <laughs> and that's like the goal
1: is just but your gap your thighs aren't supposed to touch which right. by the way is is not particularly possible or healthy
0: horrifying yeah.
1: um so that's
0: and is this as a as somebody who doesn't like gore and whatever is this something I can watch? Yeah, you can okay. watch it
1: because you can certainly see it coming. Okay, if it's gore. Yeah, because you know, because again, comedy horror, so right. you okay. just can see it coming. Um, I also watched a show that you cannot watch <sighs> for reasons. Mike Flanagan's new entree into his I take an IP and I drop everything the writers ever written into it, and you watch it uh, fall from the house of uh, fall for, of the House of Usher. Stars his entire repertoire. I don't need to go into who they are. Um, you know, Henry Thomas, Cahill, all of them. Um, this is. I really enjoyed it. I did. It was not Blind Manner for me. Blind Blind is still the best, um, but I really liked it. The framing of the bringing down of this family who basically, essentially, sold their soul to become super rich, and. It's all told through the pharmaceutical, uh, stories, which, you know, we've seen every, every variety of the Sacklers and it's getting a little old, which may be part of why this doesn't top out for me. I wish they'd found some other device in which to say that they're terrible, except for getting people addicted to opiate type stuff. Um, we, not that that's not a horrible story. It's just that it's been told a lot of times. Um, but the, uh, how they drop the Poe in is always very interesting. Each uh, episode is named for a Poe story, and you can see the f- it go. It's in pulling and out. in
0: elements of other yes. stories. Okay, yeah.
1: I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very very good. I highly recommend it. Um, every the acting and all of his repertoire is just so good. So if you can take the gore, there is a lot of it. Okay, and there is some very short. There's some animal abuse danger right. between both uh, a cat and test monkeys so because if we're going into murder at the room morgue if you've read R- murder at the room morgue a chimpanzee did it <laughs> <laughs> right right so uh yeah
0: so is the um is the the central thing of if i remember correctly of the fall of house the usher is like Right, these kind of zombie ish people kind of coming back and the dead haunting. So is that is, is the is the opioid kind of thing the sort of
1: No, it's his children. Okay. Interesting.
0: Okay. Right. Yep, yeah,
1: that's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Is yes, that comes into play. It is not yeah. the opioid victims. Okay.
0: Interesting. You
1: you start out this start out, um, this isn't a big spoiler. It starts out in the first episode that you know that you know that he's talking to someone and all of his children are dead. Okay. So there's six of them. So in each Episode is the tale of how one of them dies,
0: and it's funny. I just not that long ago talked about on this podcast the kind of reimagining of it by the uh, writer, I'm blanking on their name. It's the usher one mm-hmm. where it's the fungus yeah. is instead of the the zombie thing with the glowing lake and right. all of that. And it's like when I heard about this, I was like, does this involve any of the same story? <laughs> it sounds very different, but um, yeah.
1: Um, and then I started a graphic novel. Oh, uh, I'd heard a lot about it. James Tynion, the fourth wrote, something is killing the children. I don't think this is for you. There is gore, uh, but story of a, like a small town. There is, a, some, I haven't seen much of what it is that is going around, but, but nabs children and mutilates them. You don't, I haven't seen a lot of the mutilation yet, but, um, and a, tall blonde stranger comes to town and she is who kills the things that are killing the children. She moves basically, she's a drifter moves from town to town. It's very well told. It's very well written. There is some, uh, queer analogs in here, which are lovely. Um, I am only about, I think, four books into, I think 14. Uh, it's, I will report back really, really liked it.
0: I knew I recognized the name and I just looked it up. He's the guy who did the woods also, yes. which I talked about on here, which yep. I also I liked but was yeah, yeah. Gory. And I feel like I maybe even started this one and was like, Nope, not yep. for me, but yep. let me know. Maybe Ever? I can power through it. I I'm better with graphic novels than I am with, <laughs> you know, movies for whatever reason. Put it on paper and I can buy it um but that all sounds super fun good yep. good horror stuff good yeah we're in the we're in the zone with that uh <laughs> mine are a little less spooky uh or different spooky um i have something called scavenger's rain terrible name i hate this name so much uh this is an animated show on max it is I believe just a limited series i think i don't know maybe it's a continual thing this is joe bennett and charles huttner i just wanted to look up the directors and uh, creators it is um basically half hour episodes about a bunch of people stranded on a super fucking alien planet it is the weirdest basically i just de- described this to somebody as like miyazaki but stuck on a planet with, like, gore and death. Um, but it is so beautifully rendered. It's, it's sort of more than just being a horror show about sort of surviving on this alien planet. It does an amazing job of getting into these three different kind of groups that are stuck on the planet into their heads and their sort of quest for survival and their past and what they brought. And then also the planet is horrifying and the creatures they encounter kind of horrifying but they're also just they're not trying to kill everybody all the time they're also just creatures in a world that have their own kind of interiority and there's like maybe some like higher intelligence sort of culture going on with some of them and this is just so stunningly animated 2d animation i'm just a sucker for hand-drawn animation there are moments in it that just i have like taken my breath away with like okay this this is what I want from sci-fi. Like, I mean, James Cameron, like, pack up your fucking digital toolkit and, like, go home. Because, like, this is truly imaginative. Nothing we've seen before. There's, nice. uh one thing I wanted to just sort of tease about it, which is just, like, such a crazy idea. There's one kind of species on the planet that seems to sort of so far just be, like, I feed... Other things, I eat things and then I feed it to other things that need it. And that's its entire MO. And there's a starving kind of barely surviving human. And it sort of ends up being about their relationship, which is huh. as you'd imagine, kind of icky and weird I because bet. it's like feeding it. And <laughs> right. yeah, but it's uh it's really like weirdly moving. I'm just sort of just like struck by how wonderful and weird this is. Scavengers reign. My God, just give us more of this kind of like, adult animation um i whatever you can say about max and all the mess of you know that Zaslov and all that like maybe we're just getting the dregs of what they happen to make it through the gate and during the strike they're just like <laughs> we got to put something on <laughs> yeah. uh but wow this show's fantastic another max show uh another max animated show fiona and cake this is the spinoff of adventure time it is also sort of a sequel to it uh, it is focusing on two gender-flipped versions of uh, Jake and Finn from the original series, who was like the boy and his dog, and this is the girl or cat. Aww. Um, And they kind of started as a lark in Adventure Time, as sort of a just one-off fun, like what if we just you know did something fun with this show and did a little one-off episode about these gender-flipped versions of our main characters. But it sort of, as the show went on, as Adventure Time went on, they built it into okay, how do these creatures exist in the main kind of canon of this world? And it turned out there was sort of fan fiction in one of the characters' heads. And then, which I thought was interesting enough already, but this show is really like, okay, but like, they're also real characters that have a fan base. So like, who are they? And when does fan fiction become real? Nice. Um, so there's, in typical Adventure Time fashion, there's so much interesting meta fun, sort of about the creative process and about... The madness of trying to sort of kind of be creative and fulfill fan wishes, but also not make yourself crazy. Uh, This is just a really wonderful, smart, funny, kind... uh the, the original Adventure Time, the episodes were 10 minutes. And I think for a lot of people, it was always sort of like, okay, that was 10 minutes. Okay, I gotta do another 10 minutes. Okay, there's like... Three thousand of these, how right. like so? It's a little daunting. This show so far, there's only one season. They're half-hour episodes. There are only ten of them. It is so wonderful. I actually almost think that Fanny, you should just skip Adventure Time. And just I think you'd actually love Fiona and
1: Game. Nice. I'll like, try. It. It's
0: just funny and weird, and uh, you should ask uh, Uncle Parker about.
1: I'll try. It. I'm oh sure, no, I'm sure. Oh on yeah, it. <laughs> like, no, that, like, trust me. I don't even yeah, have to ask. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's oh, it's so sweet. And there's a character. Uh, called the Ice King that's been around from the beginning of Adventure Time. I don't remember if you remember him. He's mm-hmm. sort of the tragic, kind of mad wizard. and But he's also, like, through most of Adventure Time, he's the villain, and he's sort of like a creep and, like, terrible towards all the female characters. And they slowly started building in this backstory of you know, how he took care of this kid during this, like, apocalypse on Earth. And no. so he is really the main character of Fiona and cake Not the main character, but one, one of the other main characters. Right. But he's sort of become kind again or reverted back oh. to himself. And it's sort of exploring kind of just all of his trauma. Oh, I like that. Oh, it's so interesting. There's so much good stuff in this. Also, um, uh, Donald Glover playing these... this one half of this like one of the sweetest gay couples I've seen on a show ever. And it's like this animated show with multiple queer couples. Um, It's really queer. Speaking of queer, (laughs) Dick's the musical. Uh, This is the new musical from a pair of guys from upright citizens brigade, whose name I'm going to forget. And it is based on a sketch that they did at this kind of whatever famous improv theater in New York or LA. I forget where they're from exactly. But uh, it is, yeah, we saw this preview way ways back and I was absolutely giddy and Fanny was like, oh God, it's just a nip. <laughs> Have fun on your own. Um, and I think your instincts were mostly right. It is a half hour sketch stretched out into an hour and a half and it feels, a, it feels it. Like, you know, you're right. a little like, oh, this joke is going on too long. But it stars Nathan Lane and... Is, so it's basically the parent trap if you know the parent trap were like super queer and if the parent trap was and disgusting and a musical cage. yeah i mean it's much grosser and weirder than the birdcage right. thank god um and basically these two guys who are these comedians play they're like both like they play these very gay guys and they are gay in real life who are like pretending to be straight guys in the very beginning and it's sort of the parent trap but what if both the like siblings were like obnoxious like tech bros or like whatever sales guys and they kind of figure things out and the parents end up being Nathan Lane and Megan Mullally I have to give a shout out Megan Mullally giving the most unhinged crazy (laughs) performance I've ever seen uh, with this weird little speech impediment thing she's doing and moments where she just zones out for like 30 seconds in the middle of a line of dialogue but makes it all like intentional and makes it work and hilarious it's truly bizarre uh for a taste of where it goes nathan lane at one point reveals his pet sewer boys who are these little uh yeah. muppety naked worm monsters that are wearing diapers that he rescued from the sewer um sure. he feeds them by spitting into their spitting cold cuts into their mouth um like a bird um this seems to be also a theme this week it's things feeding other things like a bird um and yeah there are bloopers of him trying to get through those scenes which i have not laughed harder i mean so here's the thing the first 30 minutes of this movie i saw it with dave we were laughing so hard I, i my first 20 minutes i was like this is a masterpiece uh, this is incredible i've like found gold here it's like the songs were fun the humor was batshit crazy it's the kind of movie that made me really think of like back to real cult movies if i right. were a high schooler i would have been like this is rocky horror this is right. amazing this is perfect it runs out of steam it's clear that it just doesn't have enough in the tank right. Um, and then it goes so far by the end to just be like ridiculously shocking that it's just like a little tiring by the end and Ugh. kind of undoes, I think, what could have been a truly like great uh, cult musical. Megan the Stallion, just kind of fun. Um, uh, Bo and Yang playing God in like yeah. glittery short shorts. Kind really of fun. fun. Yep. Yeah, I mean, look, it it's a perfectly fine, unlike Talk to Me, if you want to sit around with a bunch of friends and get drunk and just like, laugh at a weird this is strange, your movie. bad movie it's totally fine probably not drinking probably take some edibles of some there sort. you go um all right that's it for me yeah some weird stuff but some interesting fun stuff so cool
1: um where can they find us justin
0: they can find us at do you have a next do you want an I anyway? do it's
1: really stupid though but still, i'm go just for it. really really tired of this trope i'm gonna need everyone to stop making Like, first off, stop with the Walkman stuff. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Everybody listened to Walkman in the past. But I never had a pair of headphones that had the yellow or orange pads on them. Really? Watch now. You'll never not see it. Everything to signify the capital T past capital P, they have to have these yellow, orange uh, headphones. And I'm real, real tired of it. Stop it. Cut it out. It's irritating.
0: What did you see it in?
1: Uh, most recently, Shining Veil.
0: Okay, and I did have a pair. I think of the orange ones. I definitely had them at some point, point. and I'm trying to remember now where they. Was that sporty? Was that signifying their? I have they no like, idea. I think it was like almost like the sports. Because
1: I had Man. a yellow uh, Walkman that was waterproof. Yeah, but I'm just. I am so tired of it. <laughs> Everywhere, I'm telling you, you will not see it. If if there is a Walkman in the past, it has. Oh, I think it was in Killer Instinct. Yellow jackets everywhere it's everywhere i'm upsetting the dog it helps stop doing this it
0: helps young people identify what are those strange pads on their ear (laughs)
1: super irritating the more you know
0: talk about it with your parents kids yeah Um, All right. They can talk to us uh, on Facebook, I believe, at The Knicks Podcast. Yep. Yep. And uh, Motion Knicks at Gmail is always a good option. I am on Threads at Justin Hartung. Uh,
1: We have moved both the podcast and me over to Blue Sky. And uh, our handles remain the same at The Knicks Podcast and at Fanny V Darling.
0: And we'll talk to you next time.
1: Bye.